Hello everybody, we are a band from Slovakia called Cico Band and Rene Rendi. And now you're listening to the podcast Katsumoto with Peter Sikoro and Jeff Lobmanov. Thank you to the Sito Band for that amazing introduction, as always. And today's episode is sponsored by Ciro Jewelry, which was rated as the fourth fourth year in a row as the best jeweler in Coral Springs. And they are located on University Drive. Uh, I've known John and Kelly for a long time. And thank you very much for sponsoring this episode. Uh, today, we have an amazing guest. But first, my co-host, Peter Sakura. How are we doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Today, as I said, we have an amazing guest, uh, Mr. Danny Heath of Project Hockey. How are we doing, Danny? I'm doing well. Excited to be here. So, Peter, I've talked to you before about Project Hockey for Nikki, uh, about using it at home. Uh, I'd like to, you know, kind of get into a backstory of Danny and, and, you know, give our listeners a little... uh, you know, a little bio on them. So Dan, if you want to kind of tell me where you grew up, I know it's Arizona, but if you kind of want to give me the scene of, of how you got into all this and, and how you got into where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm from a super non-traditional hockey market, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Glendale to be exact. And, you know, I was that kid that, that grew up loving the game of hockey. The coyotes just came to town. I was, I was super pumped about everything. Um, got super fortunate enough to to be put into a youth hockey organization where, you know, our two head coaches were Jimmy Johnson who played the national hockey league forever. And then Alf Samuelson, who was right there as well. And so grew up playing my youth hockey there, but I was always that kid that just wanted more and, you know, I'd go to the rink. I would do all the cool shooting stuff. I would do all the cool skating and all that stuff. And then come home and just ask my mom, like, what can I do to get better? And she just, she never had that answer. Um, she just, she never played our game. And so she would just say, take this stick and ball and go place to go do something. Um, so I would, I would stick handle in the, in the kitchen until I broke something at her. She'd get upset with me and she'd say time to get outside. Um, and I didn't have, a, I didn't have a cool net and didn't have a, a shooting area. And so I would just take a hockey puck and I would shoot it as far down the, the street as possible. I'd run and go get it and I'd shoot it back. And then I would just do that back and forth until Mom yelled, hey, it's dinner time. Um, and then I'd come in and eat and kind of rinse and repeat. And that that was like my at-home hockey training. And nothing against my mom, but I wish I always had a plan. And so I played my played my youth hockey there in Arizona, uh, made my way to the USHL, uh, played there for a few years, and then made my way to Minnesota State University. Uh, most winning is college in the last 10 years. Uh, kind of a heartbreaker this year, losing the national championship, but um, yeah, it is what it is. But, but yeah, then when I was, when I was down there, I jumped into the coaching world and I had a lot of kids that were in the same situation as I was, where didn't have that, you know, mom or dad that played the game we all love. And they were just asking for what they could do at home, what they could do for extra. And so I started like a little Google sheet uh, sent them some drills and updated all the time, you know, then I'd wake up and I'd have like 10 more kids asking for permission to get on the sheet and then 10 more kids and then associations. And I was like, all right, time to, time to kind of mold this a little bit. And so we, we created project hockey and basically what it is, is it's a, it's a one-stop shop for hockey players to get 
a daily practice plan that includes things like mindset work, hockey IQ videos, skill sessions, warm ups, strength sessions, challenges. And the cool part is it's like Facebook for hockey players where kids can make their own profile. Coaches can see what they're doing. And, uh, and it's just, it's a cool place because, you know, kids love it because it's like Facebook and love it because it's social media and give their kids and they, they know it's going to be safe. And so it's just a really cool opportunity for kids that, that want more. And I'm the first to say, like, it's not for everybody. It's for the kids that, that want more. It's for the kids that want to progress their game and work on things at home. And the cool part about our program is all you need is a stick and a ball. So everything I had when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, it's been a super fun ride so far. We started, you know, a couple of years before COVID, COVID hit, everybody kind of jumped on board and now training at home is a, is a thing. And so it's been a fun roster. Yeah. Peter and I, we've talked at length and, you know, we talked with Richard about, you know, uh, training on a budget and this sounds like a great opportunity for, for players to be able to train on a budget. Uh, not everybody has access to a rink all the time. Not everybody has the financial right. need to have access to a rink all the time. So I think that you are right. Um, you were quite ahead of the curve on this one, and you're seeing a lot of a lot of other people and, and companies trying to to match this strategy. Uh, Peter, growing up in the Czech Republic, what kind of work did you do at home? I don't think we've ever talked about that. What you ever did growing up? Were you out in the streets of uh, Brno? Oh, obviously, we never. You know, had a chance to do what these kids are doing now. You know, when I look at my son, I never had a chance to uh, get the knowledge and get the in information at his age or being younger than he is, you know, at my age when I was growing up. And I have to really relate to this because really only my advice, well, we did go to gym, kind of like the old guy gym when I was a little older, but uh, any skill work outside the rink or any kind of stick handling, only did was playing with the tennis ball outside. And we spent hours and hours playing that. And uh, all that hand-eye coordination and hands and giving goals, that's really never got it from the coaches being in Czech Republic because, uh, you know, my coach in Czech Republic wasn't really a hockey coach. He was a guy who worked in the steel factory and, you know, for extra 20 bucks a month, he went to coach the young kids. So definitely uh, I can really relate to that. I am a big fan of that. Uh, yet again, with Nikki, since he was four years old, we have a beautiful front yard and the Czech house in Czech Republic. And all we do all summer, we just play tennis ball. And we have kids coming from the neighborhood. We play two on two, three on three, then shoot. And, and uh, you know, you can really get a lot of uh, good uh, things from doing this stuff like that. Obviously, there is so many tools right now. And there is so many stuff out there where, you know, you can really work on some different stuff. But if you want to go just back to basics, and I am a very big fan of that. I know, just like you said, yeah, playing with the ball outside, that's all we had. And, you know, we still have pretty good hands. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> so definitely, I really relate to that. And uh, I am a big fan of that. And sometimes I think maybe the kids are just doing too much of the high-tech stuff. It's just too much of one-on-one uh, -on -one and just a basic two-on-two, three-on-three outside the house uh, with the tennis ball game can really give you a lot. Big time. Big time. Percent. So, not to make this so much of a one-sided interview, but how did you end up from Glendale to the USHL? What was what was that like? Because we haven't talked about this. So yeah. 
I was, uh, for me, like I grew up playing inline hockey and roller hockey and I, I love that. And then someone was finally like, Hey, you're pretty good at this. You should switch to ice. And so, um, switched over to ice hockey, fell in love with it right away. Uh, got super lucky. Like I, like I said, just the same age as, um, a couple ex NHLers, their, their kids were the same age. And so I was lucky enough to have phenomenal coaching from when I was a wee till I left home to play junior hockey. And, you know, we, we had, it was like 15 kids on a team. It was 13 of us win division one or better. And, um, you know, a couple of kids played pro after that. And it was just something in the water with that birth year and got, uh, I don't know, I guess lucky is the word, but I can still remember getting a call from a random phone number when the USHL back had like just, just one draft. And, you know, it was one of their coaches from Tri-City Storm calling me, hey, we're in sixth round, blah, blah, blah. We want you to come to camp and play. And, like, I, like, was like, hey, funny joke. Like, I don't know who you are. And I just, I never heard of the USHL. Like, that was the first time. I never even heard of junior hockey, right? And so I just, I hung up the phone, went and did my, my thing. And then I got a few calls from my buddies who were, like, super into junior hockey. And I, just, I like, at that time in my life, I just wanted to play, play hockey. Like, I couldn't care less about anything else. And then ended up calling the coach back, apologizing. Hey, excited to come. Uh, yeah, went there, went for my senior season, loved it, had a great time. And then I'm committed. I, I committed to play hockey at Minnesota state before I left there. And so it was, uh, it was cool. Just perfect. Right time, you know, right place. And it was, it was fun. And so it was, it was interesting going from Arizona with my, my high school, which was, like the third or fourth biggest in Arizona, there's like a thousand people in my class and then went to Kearney, Nebraska, where Tri-City Storm is. And there's like 45 kids per class. So it was definitely a culture shock, but it was, uh, it was fun. And I mean, you guys know junior hockey is, is one of the best things that, uh, it's ever been invented and it, uh, it was fun. That's for damn sure. That's five years of my life. <laughs> yeah. Talking about as ex NHL hockey player, just gonna talk as a dad. Do you guys uh, personalize the workouts or the stuff for the kids, or can they talk to you one on one? You know how uh, does the business work? Like you know, what would you like? Uh, you know, just talk to like a normal parent. Try to get me interested, and you know, try to sell me how good it is. You know, just uh, just kind of explain to me how does it really work. Yeah, so it's. It's pretty interesting. Like we have the we have the whole side where a kid can just sign up, do our daily programming, do all that stuff, and then our our coaches are super personable. So, um, you know, we have a whole thing where kids can see their videos. We'll give them feedback on it. They can contact us as coaches super easily, and it's 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 pretty cool because we're nineteen ninety nine a month. So we always say for less than a dollar a day, you can get training that you know i wish i had when i was when i was that age and you know my friends were flying to shattuck and flying out east doing all school camps and clinics and my mom like here take this ball and go to candle and so um, like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah um so it was it was definitely it's definitely something like i said i wish i would have had but the whole idea is that like the game of hockey it's it's the best game in the world and, and jeff we talked about this today like 
it can do so much good for kids and, and people just as human beings. Yeah. And the, the issue is we push kids out of our game so early because of cost and they never get that experience to, you know, live life after hockey, which can be great and can be, it can mold you. And, um, you know, one of my old coaches, Mike Hastings, that sort of state like talks about how, Hockey's the only game in the world that mirrors life, right? Like football, you get hit, you get tackled, okay, whistle, reset, and go. Not not real life, right? Hockey, you go in the corner, you get knocked down, you better get up right away, or you're you're minus one, right? You're or you're you're in a bad spot, or or the play, the play leaves you behind, and now there's a odd man rush the other way. And so unless you're unless you're willing to get back up and go right away, it's it's uh it's gonna be tough. And I think in the hockey world, we lose a lot of kids because of cost. Um, and so we're, we're just trying to, our only goal with project hockey, one goal, and that's to leave the game of hockey better than we found it. And so anything we do, we go to camps, we, we do this. We, we had a few people um, reach out to, to buy the company. And I said, what's the first thing you do? They're like, Oh, you triple the price. It's like, okay, not, not for us then. And so, just trying to trying to leave the game better than we found it, and it's uh, it's been fun. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. I again, as a parent, you know, the cost of hockey just to get through the summer, and you know, all these uh, you have so many camps out there, and you know, the cost of ice is so high right now, and you know, just you know, if you want to continue at some certain schedule, go into the gym three times a yeah. week, get on the ice two or three times a week. You know, each week you can really spend about six, six, seven hundred bucks. It's insane. crazy. And yeah, it's absolutely insane. And and um, I actually have a really good question for you. I'm just actually uh, uh, Nikki's uh, uh, gym trainer from Czech Republic. Uh, you know, we just spent about two hours of conversation trying to figure out when the season starts, you know, how many times a week he should really kind of, you know, get the, do the extra stuff, going to gym, do the stick handling, do all that stuff on top of his school and his hockey program schedule. So uh, do you guys have something finalized uh, when the season starts? You know, it, it probably has to be really different yeah. than during the summer and stuff like that. So the cool part about our program is like, since we're a daily program so you could start today and you're going to do the same workout that that's been with us for for three years right and the cool part about our videos and our stuff like that is our coaches will like scaffold or they'll they'll change the drill inside the workout to be like hey if you're a high skill level like we we've had nhl players do our stuff during covid we had um, the Ottawa 67s of the OHL do our program. Then we've also had squirts and mites. And so we know that if you're going to have everybody doing the same workout, you're going to lose a little bit of like progressionary work and you're going to lose a little bit of stuff like that. But what you gain out of it is way more important to me because like I said, our coaches do a good job in the workout and in the skill development stuff of saying like, Hey, if you've been with us for three years, need to be doing this you're just starting this skill it's like puck protection it's like hey you've been with us forever let's see you really put that puck out there wide and stick handle out there versus like hey if you're new to this let's just work on getting our leg to the inside and not worry about how wide puck is and so we do a ton of stuff like that but 
what you what you gain from that is that we're able to change with the seasons, right? And so when it's off season, you know, we're doing more speed development, we're doing more core development, and we're hammering away on our hand. But as we get into the hockey season, like we dial back like the speed training and we dial back, you know, the heavy strength training. Um, and we really dial in like the hockey Q videos get ramped up and the um the stick handling videos get ramped up because I mean there's there's probably is a time when when too much stick handling is too much stick handling, but I don't know if any kid will ever reach that just because you can always find a way to get better at your hands. Um, but it's it's pretty cool. Like the middle of the season, the the programming is gonna look very differently, right? Like it's gonna be hockey IQ video and stick handling where off season, it's going to be like, Hey, speed training, strength training, stick handling hockey. Like it'll be, it'll just look different. I think when you do that and you, you have it the same, everybody's on the same page, you're able to change with the season. And so it's, uh, as the season gets, gets going and kids are playing all the time and they're on the weekends, like some days we just have hockey IQ videos because it's, that part of the game can always be trained. Right. And so definitely, definitely changes with the season. For sure. Thank you. So yeah, I've been able to see some of the, uh, the footage and the Instagrams and, and the videos of, of game seven camps. Um, so how, I know you're a teacher by trade and how do you bring what you've learned from bringing to the classroom to be, to, bring it on the ice, especially for young players to help them develop. Yeah. For me, um, teaching's always like love teaching and it's, it's way too much fun. Um, because it's, it's, it's not like hockey. Most of the time kids well, every time, right. Kids play hockey that come to hockey in the education world. Kids, kids come to your class because they have to, or cause it's on their schedule and it's, it's a different environment and to get those kids to behave in a way that you can actually teach them is hard. Right. And I, I'm a competitive guy, which both of you two are as well. And most hockey players are as well. And so I love that side of it. But then when I get to the, to the coaching world and hockey, like using those types of culture and behavior management skills or, you know, if a kid, if two kids are messing around online, I, I never even react to the kid that's messing around. I always talk to the kid that's doing something awesome. Cause then what happens is that kid who's messing around is like, Oh, I want that attention. So they stop. Right. And so it, it's little things like that, where it's sometimes I don't even know it. Um, like we talked to like after that talk talk, you're like, you are a teacher. I'm like, I guess so. Like, I, I guess I just don't know when I, I turn my teacher teacher hat on or I do teacher stuff, but it makes coaching easier because then you're able to coach the kids versus, you know, we're focused on what, uh, what they're doing wrong. And yeah, it definitely, definitely training. Yeah. Peter, he's uh, Danny's been at the Vanguard camp here in Charlotte this week and he snapped to and threw together a video review session that, I felt like one of those cartoon characters where I had to use the crank to roll up my jaw, the way he had these kids wrapped around his finger. It was unbelievable how well-behaved these kids, they already are well-behaved, but they were engaged. They were excited. They were, they were screaming out the, the players names. And, and it was, it truly was something uh, just fantastic to see. It was, 
you know, wow. we, like you said, we walked away. I was just like, wow, you really are a teacher. That was <laughs> special. It was, it was really well put together. I just find it, I just find it interesting because you don't, you don't really see unless their father volunteers a lot of hockey guys that are, that are true blue hockey guys in this industry now, like, especially guys like myself, you know, I do nothing else. It's hockey. Yeah. all the way, Right. So, so to, to have somebody who has that type of expertise, be able to transfer that over to help develop players is something truly special. And being able to witness it today was, was really something else. Danny, how you, just like a normal question. Do you have kids? I got two kids. You have two kids, boys. I got one girl who's awesome. She's the best. And I got, I got one son who's, he's a nightmare, but uh, he's my nightmare. <laughs> uh, how old is he? He's two and a half. So he's two and a half and the, the girl's five. So he's got an older sister to deal with. Oh, oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. No, I was just going to ask you some questions about, you know, how excited are you to get involved as a father and a coach in, in the youth hockey yeah. and, you know, definitely Jeff and I. Yeah, I know how to manage his waters it's definitely not easy it's definitely not easy plus you gonna have a father yep. very soon congratulations jeff thank you thank you and thank uh, you. yeah no no it's you know definitely there is something you know you're gonna you know like now you see the hockey as a teacher as a coach kind of doing the stuff what you do and then uh, you know when your son actually i don't know if he's gonna play hockey or not but if he does you know it's a whole different like it's yeah. a whole different mode game it's uh, you can see hockey from totally different view where uh definitely there is something to be excited for it's gonna be a lot of stress and uh and uh, my son is 15 right now and i'm not allowed to go on the ice with him so uh you know just get ready boys. you're not allowed to go on the ice with him well he uh he doesn't want me there i've been no. coaching him i totally understand that i've been his coach since he was four years old Sometimes just the assistant coach, sometimes the head coach, yep. you know, I've been around. I did his skill lessons still about two, three years ago. I stopped that about three years ago because I just couldn't take it anymore. And, and it's, uh, I actually can see the difference where, you know, it's so much better to have a relationship as a father than be screaming at him on the ice. And yeah. definitely our relationship outside the ring changed quite a bit and, uh, we are tighter than, you know, way tighter now than we were before. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I was talking to Jeff before where you know, for you who understand, and I've been only talking to you now for like half an hour and I can totally agree to you. I really, you know, really think, you know, what you're talking about, you're a very great hockey mind. And, and, uh, for me, the toughest thing almost was kind of like, uh, who do I trust now? Who do I let my yeah. son go? You know, who do I, you know, who's gonna, I'm gonna let him go on the ice with, and do I believe what he's teaching him? You know, do, do I think it's right? So, you know, there is, and then I, you know, I know Jeff for quite a while. We talk about that. Jeff is one of the guys who's catering with Nikki and, and do his skill stuff. And, you know, it's definitely something really excited for you guys. Uh, I'm really excited. The great years, the best years are between like four and 10. Just enjoy those. The hockey is so much fun. You know, it's like he goes coast to coast. No one cares, you know, five, three hours a game. No one cares, but definitely. Yeah.
definitely enjoy that. Enjoy the mini hockey tournaments. You know, you're going to go to the hotels and some of the guys, they're not going to even care about the games playing. They just want to play the mini hockey at the hotel rooms and stuff like that. That's for you friendship. Guys, right right time. If you're not bodying each yeah, other and the elevator doors, I don't think you're making friends. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, the whole youth hockey craziness is in front of you. Yeah. So, can can wait to talk to you both in like seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I don't know. So our kids have uh, not shown too much athleticism, and it's uh, they're obviously super young. But we we make fun of them all the time because obviously I, I I did what I did in hockey, which obviously has been close to what you've done. But uh, still had a ton of fun with the game, and then their, their mom is a as a college basketball player, national champion, and so there's some athleticism in her blood, and it's been uh, it's been pretty funny. But I got a Snapchat today of my uh, my daughter actually hitting a baseball, so that's a it's a big step for us. Um, and it's and the day before I left to come here, she rode her bike for the first time without training wheels, so it was. Uh, it's crazy and it was fun, but, uh, there's a chance. And yeah, like, like you said, it's, there's a lot of years that you don't get back. Right. And so enjoying those years. And I, I think it's cool that, I mean, uh, your son probably, he probably does recognize it, but the, the hockey mind he has in his house obviously is something that not everybody gets. And I'm sure there's still some, some good conversations and it's, it's pretty cool that you, you got to be his coach and obviously you're a big influence in his life. So I don't know. I just, I love talking hockey and it, it's, uh, it's been cool to, to be on here. It's you guys, uh, it's a cool thing you guys got going. I, uh, a long time ago, even before, you know, Megan and I, uh, decided to have children, I told her that I made a decision that I will never head coach my kid on a bench because I never want to yeah. have that dynamic with, with whether it's boy or girl doesn't matter. Uh, skills coaching, no problem. I have no problem helping with the skills. Obviously, um, I will also be shipping now, now that I know it's a son, I will be shipping my son all over the world. He is going to be spending summers with Richard Kovarik and Alex Kirch, and I get some free time. <laughs> wife. Uh, but uh, Alex, uh, Alex has not agreed to that yet, but Richard has, and I'm somewhat, <laughs> I'm somewhat concerned about that. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want that dynamic. Um, I, I know that you've been on the bench with Nikki's teams for years uh, and, and obviously you have a different relationship, you know, with your son as other people do with their children. But I, I just don't see that that's something that I, I want to do in the future for myself. Uh, I have no problem getting on the ice and teaching skills and helping out. And then obviously I, I've, I've been blessed with this fantastic connection of people around that are just amazing hockey minds, such as Danny and, and you, Peter, and a lot of others, but I don't think I want that in my life. Peter, I really don't. And, you know, we've talked about this at length before we really have. And I, I just, I think I've come to a conscious decision that I never want to be behind the bench with, with my son, you know, looking at my, my own name on the Jersey. I just don't think I'd be able to do it. So how did, how did you handle that dynamic, you know, in the car rides home and such like that? And how did that relationship mature over the years? You know, it started where, you know, you get to certain situations with your kids and sometimes you have no choice and Nikki started playing hockey and we were for a couple of years in Czech Republic. And, you know, I really had no choice seeing what was on the ice uh, with my son as a coaches. 
and uh you know i really had no choice so i had to start coaching and then we went to florida uh, to, uh you know really they really wanted me to coach that team again so i said yes and it just kind of took off and then i went to new jersey you know i was asked to co-coach so i co-coached the team for the first year and then uh, you know the coach uh, he was actually a pretty good coach he got a job in new york city and i got stuck with the team so i kept coaching i it got to the point where i actually really liked it and and uh, it's been uh, now it's been 10 years since i was coaching and uh, you know the dynamic with the sun it's um, you know i was really you know there's a situation, it, it all depends how really good your player is, how your son is. And I was pretty lucky where Nikki was, you know, always the top player. So I I had absolutely no issues with the parents, you know, more so the parents' sons to play with Nikki and stuff like that. So we never had that issue of times because he backed it up every single year and there was no issue at all. But really what bothered me was where about uh, three years ago, we... We got to the point where you know i was at the point of feeling that i can maybe start pushing a little bit more and and uh you know because uh nick is a late people guy and uh, you know we had some kids on the team who was already shaving but nicky was the guy who was watching the cartoons at home and there is a huge difference and uh you know at that age when you get about 11 12 13 and you know the difference between kid how they growing up is huge and uh you know just kind of you know we got uh, a little more screaming a little more kind of pressing and and i really really didn't like the relationship we had at home and like i said i really backed off i really backed up i still coach last year you know maybe if i raise the voice and him once or twice a season but not for hockey because it pisses me off something doing stupid in a locker room probably but uh, mm. you know definitely that's really like i said i'm very happy where we are with my son right now you know home which is the most important thing for me and uh, right now we spent uh, probably six weeks together just me him and our dog here in jersey and we had him black you know we working out together we play golf together he's training just you know just the boys because the girls they stay in czech republic with the family a little bit longer and uh you know like i said i i don't think i could have this relationship with him now if i continue to be hard on him and had the relationship what i had with him about three or four years ago yeah yeah completely understandable especially with the age that he's getting to um you know obviously you're still dad right and oh, no no that's yeah yeah exactly and you know these these kids are going through so much uh it's you know it's i really figured out the less pressure i put on him he's playing the best I, like it took me years like it really took me years when he's happy when he has no pressure when like you know the school is done he's got nothing kind of coming at him from the corner from the school and he's, he can just go to the rink and have fun. he's playing the best hockey he's and you know just like he grows as a hockey player i was growing as the youth hockey coach and and definitely definitely people learn as they go and uh, you know seeing some of the craziness over the years uh, i i've seen some bad parents oh my god oh, I've, seen some, I've seen some parents where 
I don't think the kids really wanted to go to the rink. Uh, you know, they were screaming at them. You know, I'm hearing stories on, on the way home. The kids were scared getting, getting into the cars and stuff like that. And, and then I heard, you know, and then I coached the kids where the parents was paying a son at 10 years old, 10 years old, 20 bucks a goal. And, you know, so, you know, I think we have uh, so many more episodes to cover that, but, you know, there's a lot of crazy out there. You're not running into crazy hockey parents. You're not playing hockey. A couple questions. One, um, I got one for each of you, I guess. One, we'll start. Uh, we'll start, with Jeff. Jeff, you, you've done an awesome job with Vanguard Hockey. You've done an awesome job with your brand and building that brand. What was the biggest thing that you think made a difference? And because you, I mean, you've had success early with it, and it seems like you, you continue to have success and. Every time I turn around, there, there's something positive coming from your brand. What What do you think? Like, do you have anything that stuck out? That's like, I did this and it it, it really worked out, or I did this better than anybody else, or I this kind of stuck out to me. Is there anything like that that uh, helped you along the way? Yeah. Well, firstly, thank you very much. That's uh, a huge compliment coming from from you, who also has an extremely successful company and successful brand. So uh, that means a ton hearing that from you. So thank you. But uh, I think the thing that sets Vanguard apart is the international aspect of it. And when I was, I should probably say, when the game was done with me, as both of us uh, were finished with injuries, uh, and you know, when the game was done with me and I didn't know what to do, uh, I left school and I, I took the money that I had saved from school and I traveled the world and I got an education in the world. And seeing all of these different points of views and ideals and values. Um, I took that into my day-to-day life very seriously. And so I come from a hospitality background with working in the restaurant and the hotel industry. And people forget that, you know, working this type of business, this is a customer service business. And hockey is the most international sport off the top of my head besides soccer that I can think of. No other sport that I can think of has as many international influences and different styles and ideologies as hockey does. So uh, when I started Vanguard Hockey, actually, one of the first people I called was Peter and told him that I wanted to do this idea. And, uh, you know, we've spoke about this on, on a previous episode, but I think that this, this, different, this different viewpoint of not just having one lead guy and a bunch of junior coaches. And the way that I like to put it is almost making these music festivals of hockey coaches uh, is something totally different that I've never really seen before. Actually, I've never seen it before. And it it seems to be uh, hitting home with players and and parents. And more importantly than than the skill level of the coaches is, is how passionate and how much they care about players' development. So... That that's kind of, you know, kind of snowballed the effect of the of the success of the company, and we we have been, you know, I, I I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We have been seeing great success. I mean, we've we've done camps in North and South Carolina, Florida, New York, Germany. Um, you know, I've I've been asked and invited to do events in in five other states that I've had the pleasure of joining those coaches and and companies. And, um, this is all in 10 months. This is all in 10 months. So, so I must be onto something quite different here. And uh, it's been a hell of a ride. 
It's been a hell of a ride. It's been very yeah. enjoyable. And I got to say thank you to Peter because Peter has been the consigliere of this of sorts for since, since day one. So uh, I really, I really owe him a huge thank you to the success of this company as well. And without him and, you know, his knowledge and his tutelage to me and his mentorship to me and his friendship to me, uh, this would not be anything close to, even if it would exist, it would not be anything close to what it is now. Yeah. I think what, what kind of stuck out to me was like today when we're on the ice together, depending on when you're listening to this, where we were on the ice at that's one point together and you, you introduced all the coaches and, you know, we're in, we're in North Carolina and all these kids there look around. These coaches are some of the best in the world and they're, they're here for you. They're here for you. And I thought that was, uh, that stuck out to me. It was cool to, uh, and, and not that I, I don't claim to be the best in the world. I, I just love hockey and talking hockey and helping out as many players as I can. But there's some pretty cool people we're here with this week. And so it was pretty cool to not only have that be set up by you, but then also you helping the player understand how, how cute they are, right? Because I always go back to the kid that was shooting that puck down the down the street growing up, chasing it back and forth, like would have killed for for weekends and weeks like this. So it was cool to uh, to experience that. But yeah. Awesome. Awesome job. I got, so Peter, I got some, I got some questions for you. Um, it's not every day you get to talk to someone who played the national hockey league. And to me, like, that's like one of the coolest things in the world, like playing in the NHL, whether it's one game or, I mean, you played over a thousand, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, that's insane. Um, so one congrats on that. I got two, two questions. Uh, easy one first. Um, okay. What was the gift? Like when you hit a thousand games, was there a big gift that all the guys got you on the team? If you don't, if you don't mind sharing, what was that? Uh, yeah. Um, they, they put together some cash and they asked me what I want. And, uh, I really wanted to finally have a, like a nice watch yeah. and, uh, boys, uh, boys put together a gift and I got a beautiful Hublot watch. And, uh, you know, every time somebody asks me, I don't very much, but when I go out and I have this watch, you know, people, people kind of recognize that watch, you know, it's, uh, yeah. as big as the clock I have on a wall, this watch, you know, I never, <laughs> you know, how yeah. those are and, uh, no. And, you know, just like you said, you know, like everything back for me, it comes back to hockey. So whoever asked me, Hey, that's if watch, my answer is right away. Thank you so much. That was for my 1000 game. Yeah. And, um, I have to say that, you know, people are talking about obviously Stanley Cubs winning is the biggest thing there is, mm-hmm. but right, right behind that to get that mark of thousand games, I think yeah. that's means the most for me. And yeah. uh, being able to get out for that long, obviously I'm paying the price for it with my body now where, you know, you know, sometimes it's easy to get up in the morning. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm definitely very proud of that and, and, uh, you know, very lucky, very lucky to be playing for that long. Yeah. It's, uh, that one game, right. Is crazy. That nine nine hundred ninety nine more is is nuts, and so throughout throughout that time, you obviously played against some really good hockey players. Who, and I, I want to ask this question in a certain way. I don't want to know. I don't want to. I guess I don't want you to come back and be like, oh, like Yammer Yager was the hardest one to play against because everybody knows the name, right? Like everybody knows how good Yager was, and and Obatch, like these these names are huge, right? But 
was there a player that stood out to you that like at the end of the night you hated playing against this player because they they did this to you or they did that, that to you and so was one was there a player that stood out and two what did they do that made it so hard to play against well it was uh you know when i got to the league i was 165 pounds and you know, the league uh, playing that time was really different than it is now. And my first few years, I remember today, every time we play Washington, Martin Nordy was on the ice. And I think my second game in the National Hockey League, he totally laid me out. <laughs> While I am on the ice, he goes, kid, every time you're on the ice, I'm doing the same thing. With the smile <laughs> on his face. So I remember he was headhunting me for probably the next years in a row Jeez. so i definitely like hey mark wasn't the most talented player mark was the best player people remember but yeah. for me it was funny because i always check the oh god we playing watch tomorrow mark you know <laughs> i remember there was a couple of games where i'm on the face off and i kind of looking right you know he's playing the left d i'm playing the right wing i kind of like look over and just look straight at me i just start laughing and i just start laughing too he's not even watching the puck he's just staring yeah. at you <laughs> and trust me, the people get suspended now for 10 games at that time was absolutely normal. So yeah. you really have to be careful. And e even though I was lucky enough, I had Cody Stevens with Kenneco behind me, which they <laughs> were killing people out there. Right. But, you know, people find me a couple of times, you know, and you, know, you just have to live with that. And, and uh, you know, this the second one, it's I absolutely no name, but... For me, the best defenseman was uh, Niklas Lidstrom, by far. I He was so quiet on the ice, but he was perfection. I remember yeah. I played with him two playoff series, and I was on the ice against him every single shift. And when we had, when he had the last change and they put it on the ice against, I was lucky enough playing the top line that time, I had absolutely nothing. So like for... for I don't know, seven or 10 games. I I didn't have a shot on that. He was the left D, I was the right wing. Yeah. And the way he kept the gap, I, I just couldn't do anything. Like for me, yeah. if I say the top defenseman offensively, defensively, the way he carried himself around the rink, you know, he never took a cheap shot. He was just a gentleman, but on the ice, he was purely unbelievable, was Niklas Listrom. That's uh. So I back back when I was playing junior hockey and I, I lived in Phoenix, I got to ski in the summer with some of the guys that played for the Coyotes. Um, and one of the guys, Jane Doan, and I'm sitting on the bench next to him and I asked him the same question I just asked you. It's it's whenever I get a chance to talk to any hockey players, it's the only it's like that's right. And so he talked about somebody in San Jose, kind of a no-name guy who was hard to play against, always beat him up. But then he said that the hardest player to play against was Nick Lindstrom. And he's like, but not, not because of what you're thinking. And I was like, tell me more, tell me more. And he's like, honestly, it's because I would, we go play against the Red Wings. I, the game would be over. I wouldn't feel beat up, feel tired. I wouldn't feel bruised. I wouldn't feel scraped. He's like, but I felt like I did nothing, nothing. all game long. Like I did nothing. I didn't touch the puck. I didn't get it wide get to the net. And he's like, if you can do that to a player, like that's mentally harder to go through than like, Hey, that guy hit me. Like I'm going to go get him back versus like, you just feel like you've done nothing all game. And so, man, what a hockey player that guy must've been to play against. 
crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. He played for such a long time and he kept the level of his play at the top for that long. And uh, such a gentleman, respect, respectful to his opponents, never hit you late, never did anything to you, but basically you don't think the whole game. It's basically, you are like, basically useless like yeah. you play red wings he's playing naked legs or he's playing me coach don't even put me out there there's yeah. nothing yeah. Do. yeah he's playing he what they say? he's playing chess you're playing checkers like it's just a different game just a different game exactly crazy well that's it katsumoto conversations i want to thank danny heath of project hockey and game seven hockey Thank you very much for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Great to meet you. Great to have you here uh, at the Vanguard event and on the podcast. And uh, you've got some amazing insight. And I think your company is unbelievable and it's only going to skyrocket to success. So thank you very much for coming out. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Hockey, hockey is hockey is hockey is hockey. And so I'll talk it. I'll talk it until I'm blue in the face because like I said, we've talked about it all, all day, but uh, it's done more for me than I could have ever met. So I'm excited to spend, you know, the rest of my life. So it's been, uh, it's been a blast to you guys. So I appreciate you having me on. Make sure you follow the Danny hype and the project hockey and the game seven, uh, Instagram pages, uh, for one month free of project hockey, go to the Vanguard hockey, INT Instagram page, follow the link tree and, and register and sign up. Uh, you get one month free, as I said, and again, thank you to the Sitso Band for that incredible introduction that you guys have made for us. Thank you to Ciro Jewelry. Go to CiroJewelry.com uh, for the best jewelers in Florida. And uh, for me, Jeff Loebman, I'm signing out. And Mr. Peter Sakura. Danny, thank you so much for coming out. I, uh, I hope we're going to do this again. Great hockey mind. Great talking to you. And uh, once again, thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. And Peter, this was a very good conversation. Got some also. That was a great conversation. Thank you. Ahojte všetci, sme kapela zo Slovenska, Cicobend a René Rendy a počúvate rozhovor Katsumoto s Petrom Sikorom a s Jeffom Loubmanom.